What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. This is Real Reality Realness with Brian K. James, the podcast where I, your host, Brian, interview figures in music, reality TV, and pop culture about their lives, their perspectives, and their platforms. Join me five days a week as I get to know some of my favorite people through their points of view and their journeys to their personal greatness. Lock in while I clock in, because we are about to get into it. Alrighty, welcome and welcome back to the show. This is Real Reality Realness. I am Brian K. James, and I put the mess in the message. I am so excited to have this person on the show today. They're a nurse, they're a car detailer, but you may remember this guy from this latest season of The Circle, and I cannot wait to get to know him better. Ladies, gentlemen, and every gender or lack thereof in between, join me in welcoming to the show, Chaz. Hi, everybody. Hi. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I am so honored to be here with you. I'm so excited. I appreciate that so much. It is an honor for me as well. Thank you so much for making some time in your calendar and for taking my call today and for wearing the merch and the cool hat. I love it all, swagged out. Thank you. For sure. Now, my first question for you is just how are you feeling? Where are you mentally? Where is Chaz in this moment? Um, I am in a much more calm space uh, because like that was my first time on a huge reality show platform. Um, and now that things are much more calm, I feel like I'm back in control of like my day-to-day life. Um, so I'm feeling good. <laughs> that is awesome. I love that. It's like back to life, back to reality, if you will. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So what are you most looking forward to from 2023? Um, I'm really excited about my nursing career. I'm excited to see where it takes me. Um, I'm excited to just live life in terms of being um, financially uh, stable now that I'm done school and just being able to travel with my fiance um, around the world and visit different countries. I'm super excited about that. Um, and just being present more than anything because I have a tendency of like living ahead. Um, so I am just solely focused on today and today only. And that has been a blessing within itself, honestly. I absolutely love that. Now, what did you look most forward to leaving behind in 2022? Mm. Honestly, like, like, in addition to like some of my old ways, of course, because I have a tendency of confusing relationships when it comes to like friends. Um, I make friends rather easily. And then sometimes I feel like we're a lot closer than what we are. And I tend to like bring way too many people into my circle. And these people are not really my friends. So um, I'm trying to unlearn that, that behavior of mine. And just like, 
leaving toxic people in the past and leaving them where they are and not needing any closure. Hmm. I love that. I'm right there with you on that. <laughs> That's exactly where I am, is leaving things and people behind and not needing closure about it. Specifically the not needing closure part. It's like, yeah. just thanks. Just very Shawnee O'Neal. Thank you for your, for your service. service. <laughs> Because that was a hard period of like, thank you. Yep. It was very aggressive and yes. I lived for it. Yes. <laughs> Henderson now, she got remarried. God bless her. God bless her. Um, but to introduce my audience to you, for the people who don't know, who is Chaz? Chaz is special. I have um, so many different layers to myself. I um, like to view myself as not one dimensional. Um, there are so many purposes I feel as though that I have to fulfill during my time here on this earth, during this time of my life. Um, and that's the beauty of purpose, right? We get to define how many purposes we have. Um, nursing being one of them, going on reality TV and leaving an impact there was one of them. Um, and figuring out who I am every within every experience and interaction that I have with people, I like to walk away with something. Um, and that is who Chaz is, constantly figuring out what the next part is for him. Um, and I feel as though that's what makes me special in my own journey. I love that. Thank that's you. Beautiful. Thank you. Absolutely. Now, speaking of nursing, first and foremost, congratulations on finishing school. Because I have friends that have done it, and I know what a challenge that is. Congratulations. That is incredible. Thank you. Of course. Now, how did nursing and the medical field come into play into your life? Um, oh, years and years and years ago, um, like my brother, this was something that he was pursuing in the mix um, of him working as a medical assistant before he passed away. And then, um, when I grew up, uh, I was working at ShopRite and I was working at all these different jobs right out of high school. And my mom was just like, listen, if you're gonna live with me, you need to like, you need to get a job, you need to go to school, you need to do something. So she literally paid for me to become a medical assistant. And from there, it kind of spiked this journey of I'm gonna carry the torch from my brother and finish nursing school for to honor him basically. Um, and that's where it started. So he's like my why in mm. nursing. That is incredible. I love that. And sh and, sh and shout out to Madre to being for 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 being the catalyst because that's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Without her, she uh, <laughs> a lot of probably wouldn't have gone that far. <laughs> I know that's right. Tell me about the nursing school process because, like, like, like I said, from what I know, it's hard to get into and it's hard to get through. So. Could you elaborate on your personal experience? Um, see, my nursing program wasn't hard to get into. It was very competitive, but it was more so hard to stay in. It's more, it's more, it's harder to stay in the program because so many people start in one cohort, but not everybody makes it to the end. So my cohort started with 75 people and we ended with 36. So more than half the class was cut from either failing or withdrawing 
for personal reasons or whatever the reason was. Um, not everybody makes it to the end. So getting into the program is, for me, I feel like it's the easy part, but actually staying in and making it to the end is the hard part. Nice. You mentioned your brother being your why and the and the mo and the motivation for you to do it and to continue to get through it. Were there anything else that kind of helped you push through during the hardest moments? Mm. I would say um, with my fiance for sure because he was the, the when it came to financially supporting me, my fiance did a lot of that while I was in school, and I'm so thankful for him because. Uh, most nursing students have to work full-time jobs while they're in school and thank God for my fiance like he was just like if, if you're going to be serious about this and you're going to finish it like I don't even want you to worry about working so um I did work based on social media and I got paid that way which was great but because of because having him um and me not working when I had those bad days I always remember like you know what once I get through this me and my fiance we're gonna get to the good part we're gonna get to the harvest. And that that's what kept pushing me through um, throughout those hard moments I had. That is so, that is so beautiful. I love that. Shout out to Bay. Hey, Beyonce. <laughs> Beyonce, honey. <laughs> love him. Love him. Now, what's the most fulfilling part about being a nurse for you? I think it's this constant act of not of being so selfless because mm -hmm. it has to be when you're taking care of somebody, there's so much of there's so much of less of you so that there is more of them. And I feel as though um that is who I am without the stethoscope, without being a nurse. So th this is just now an additional way to like be the bridge from somebody either living or dying, um, getting better or having a more comfortable transition out of life. Um, mm -hmm. always being that bridge for people in the medical field is what uh, is going to make me a phenomenal nurse because I know how to act as that mid midway between the patient and the outcome mm -hmm. for me. Um, that's what I'm most looking forward to. Okay, so being that middleman, how do you think or how do you plan on um balancing the efficiency that you're gonna have being the person that is that middleman for them and the impact that it's gonna have on you as an individual i think self-care honestly i think it's um when you leave work it's leaving work where it's at and not bringing it home and making sure like the days when you're off you're not thinking about the hospital or thinking about any patient care you're thinking about yourself because that's how you have to replenish that battery and recharge um so self-care all the way through sure what does self-care look like for chaz today how are you protecting your peace nowadays oh i go on like hiking has been like my new thing like yes i love hiking so much yeah. <laughs> love that i love i i live for it i love a journey that that come on for the dissociation of a high hike. Yes, you know, like just completely disconnect from the world. <laughs> I am with you on that. Now, before we jump into reality TV, we're technically going to jump into your business that turned into a TV show and then jump into the other show. Okay. Y'all, th this man is very busy. <laughs> 
Let's be very clear. <laughs> many jobs, and I love it. How did car dealing come into play for you, and how did Shampoo Poppy start? Um, it, it came from just like you. You asked a question before, like it was. It came from a very dark space, and as happy and vibrant as my business is, I always think about the darkness that built this beautiful business of mine. And I was, I told you, I had been chasing nursing for so long and so much of nursing didn't really feel like me. It was, cause I told you, it was always about my brother. And I was so depressed in this space of my life. And I had failed out of nursing school at, at this point. And this was years ago. And I was just praying to God, like, God, please give me my purpose. Just give me something I could walk into. Woke up one morning, I was like, you know what? I need to clean my car. Let me just wash my car, get my mind right. And I posted the pictures on Instagram. And next thing I know, people are like, yo, Chaz, how much you charge? How much you charge? Like, I want you to wash my car. And I'm like, wash your car? Like, I just... <laughs> but then I remember about what I, what I asked for in that prayer. Mm -hmm. I asked for my purpose. And from there, it started out as just me washing cars for free, $50 here and there, into this next part of my life where now I have my own TV show. <laughs> and I've just been walking by faith and just walking in my purpose ever since. And it's been amazing. That's God. I live for that. Uh, now, how did you land on the name Shampoo Poppy? You know something? I really, to be honest with you, I really don't know. I was, um, I was filming a video washing somebody's car because I used to make videos as I'm washing them and like cracking jokes on how people's cars looks. And then out of nowhere, it just came out. I was like, I'm shampoo motherfucking poppy, baby. Like, that's me. That's what I do. That's the name of my business. People was like, shampoo poppy. Oh, I like that. A light bulb went off. Boom. It's like all of the answers and anything I was looking for in terms of shampoo poppy just fell onto my lap. Mm hmm from the name, from the ideas, from the creativity to how to get in contact with Apple TV, everything just fell into my lap, one by one, piece by piece, um, which is why I know it's directly from God. Because if you ask me where the name came from before that prayer, I couldn't tell you. I absolutely love that. Now, I heard Shampoo Poppy and I instantly thought about somebody else. Have you heard from Prince from Love & Hip Hop Miami about this? Cause- I don't even watch Love & The last Love & Hip Hop I watched. Oof. It's really not important, don't worry about oh. it. <laughs> <laughs> it's really not important, don't worry about it. The reason that I ask is because I think like the first season or two, he was trying to tout that as his rap name, like Poppy Shampoo or Shampoo Poppy. So that's the first thing that I thought about, at, huh? Is Spanish? I, I don't know. I think so, maybe. Yeah. I think so. Because think poppy shampoo, poppy shampoo is a Dominican term. I don't know mm -hmm. if he's Dominican or not, but poppy shampoo is like a Dominican term for like a like a suave kind of man, like very suave, very clean, very smooth. Um, so the Hispanic culture, it's always been poppy shampoo and it's even spelled differently. Um, so, and I, I learned that during my own journey because people was asking me like, are you Dominican? And I'm like, no, I'm not Dominican. And um, they're like, oh, because you know, poppy shampoo means this. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, thank God I named mine shampoo poppy. Cause. <laughs> <laughs> 
branding. I live for that. Yeah. <laughs> we we love branding. Now, you mentioned that you have your own show. One congratulations because that's sickening. Thank you. But the one thing that I wanted to mention before I asked um, how this came together, I just one wanted to give you some flowers because I read in an article that Lamborghini sent you a gift for winning two independent TV awards for this show. Yeah, yeah. You better, collect, you better collect your things. <laughs> you better collect wow. your things. That's sickening. That's sickening. <laughs> I live for that. One, that's popping. That's poppy popping for real. <laughs> but how did this show come together? Um, it was just an independent um film, uh, film, an independent production that I made, and um, I, I was able to get in contact with uh, distributors that work directly with. Apple TV. Um, so I don't have an Apple TV deal, but I do have um, a deal through my distribution company that was able to work out the legalities of everything without me having to show up for much of anything. Um, so my deal is under iTunes, which is under the umbrella of Apple TV, where you mm -hmm. can access the show. Um, all independent based. Um, and that's how that worked out. But now I want to take that show and have a bigger budget, maybe get it onto an even bigger network so my reach can get to more people. Um, yeah. I absolutely love that. So like, is this the show you literally traveling, going, doing the detailing and changing people's lives, giving very new wave, pimp my ride aesthetic? Yes. I have to exhibit for sending you the love on that. Like, yes, I absolutely love that. So like, MTV ain't called yet, which I don't know if you want to take the MTV deal because you know, we heard how it worked out for exhibit. I'm just saying. So, <laughs> I want to thrive. So I'm like, I don't know if that's where you want to go. Right. <laughs> they called. <laughs> right. Well, no, I mean, no, they haven't called. But um, yeah. if if they do, if and when, if they decide to, I have my lawyers ready because I want me a really, really good deal. Um, but either MTV or Netflix or any um any platform that's that has a big impact and reach, oh, I'm taking it, I'm taking it. Yeah, that was gonna be my next question because because I was like, well, you're already in cahoots in the Netflix, you know, family. And, you know, I don't know if it's the mafia or not. You can tell me that off camera, you ain't, you know, you know what <laughs> But, um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, so I figured that would be the easiest line of connection, but then you said that it was with Apple TV, and I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. But then I read that it was like based on a Pimp My Ride type of aesthetic. So I was like, okay, well, MTV ain't called? Or, or like MTV2 ain't called? Yeah, they have not called. You know, what? I'm an email? You know the, the one thing about me is what I would say is I make the calls. I call people, I go knocking on people's doors. I do not wait for... <laughs> nobody to call me. I don't wait for anybody to knock on my door because if you sit around and you wait on that call, you're gonna be waiting forever. So I'm gonna show up and say, this is who I am. And um, shout out to having that type of resilience and being able to even accept rejections because uh, rejections is just God saying, no, go this way, no, go this way. So if you don't get up and go do the work, you ain't gonna know which way to go. So. You know what? Thank you for that. Cause now, now I'm gonna go call MTV. Like, yo, MTV, what's up? <laughs> I think 
it's like I'm the same way. Like if like like anybody that knows me knows if it's one thing I will do, I will send an email. I will send a DM. Yes. I will ask you to come on my show. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Will did. Will yeah. did. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like for sure. Cause why not? Why not? And good for you for having that type of um, attitude and that drive because that is so needed because like you're not just bringing people on your show just to say that you had them. I, I pay very close attention to the people that interview me and you have done so much research, which is like, that is what a real journalist and publicist does. They, they don't just bring people on for the sake of the name. They bring them on because this is a passion, right? Yeah. You have done so, I mean, you asking me questions where I'm like, oh, whoa, whoa. Oh yeah. He, yeah, he was he was digging. I'm like, oh shit, what's the, what's about to be next? <laughs> that that right there um, is what to me what makes a good journalist and publicist. So keep up the good work because it's only up from here. Thank you so much. You know, I think one of my goals for my interviews is if they don't leave, at least saying one time that oh, that's a good question, or oh, that's a great question, or say, oh, you've asked me something that I've never been asked before. If I don't hear that by the end of the interview, then I don't feel like it was a good interview. You, you know what I mean? So that's really the goal because I, you know, I do these every single day, seven days a week, release new episodes five days a week because I curate this as a talk show, right? So like, but I really like take pride in researching everybody that comes on because I'm like, the reason why you're here is obvious. We'll get to that. I want to get to know you first, though. And then we'll get to the circle. We'll we'll get to the circle, girl. We know why you're here. We know what yeah. Paris means. <laughs> like, we will get there. <laughs> like, just hold on. <laughs> just, just give us a second. Now, so what do you think, like, the ultimate goal is for Shampoo Poppy, the show? Like, 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 what do you think you want to see that ultimately blossom into? Where do you think that that's gonna, not even network-wise or like, just like, what do you think the creative you have for that? What's that blossoming into in this next chapter? Um, for me in this next chapter with the budget that I that I want, I really, really want to do like um, a season of like a Shampoo Poppy mobile detailing tour where I'm going all across America visiting all of these different people um, and being able to clean all of these different cars and step into these people's lives. And um, eventually I want to have my own car wash, which I would love to then incorporate into my own television show. Um, I want to work with other detailers and other people who, who wrap vehicles and change out radios and change out um, the seats and going from cloth into leather um, and building a basically a brand new car in addition to that detail. Um, is where I want to take the my vision with the show. So I'm really excited about it. Um, I have so many different creative ideas and I know that all the signs are pointing towards it happening. It's just a matter of time, resources, and the who, what, when, where, and how. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I'm excited for you. I cannot wait. That is That is incredible. I absolutely love that. Thank you. Do you have a rollout for that? Do we know when everything is falling into place? When everything is coming out? When, when we, nothing that you can share. Okay, cool. Because we don't break NDAs over here. <laughs> we don't get nobody calling you. We'd be like, um, excuse me. Excuse me. 
Exactly. Like you you had a little bit too much fun. Whoa, hold on, pull back, pull back. (laughs) But no, jumping into your other reality TV experience, what went into the decision to go out for the circle in the first place? And like, what was that casting process like? I needed that money like air in my lungs. Period. (laughs) I needed that money when I, t- let me, oh my gosh, I'm so happy you asked this. When I applied to the circle, I had one picture on my Instagram, one. Wow. I had no TikTok, I was not an influencer. Um, I had what, every bit of 2000 something followers. I was in the middle of rebranding. I was like, you know what? Like we just moved to LA. Um, I want to go back to school. I don't have the money. Let me possibly just apply and see what happens. I applied, a week and a half, two weeks later, a casting director calls me. He's like, oh, is this Chaz? I'm like, yeah, this is Chaz, who's this? He's like, oh, this is so-and-so from The Circle. I'm like, what? I mean, no way. And literally um, from there, it was a six months, six months casting process. Mm. It was like so many auditions back to back. It was nonstop. Um, it was, and they were very specific about who they wanted to bring onto the show. You do not know that you're gonna go on the show until you actually get to um, the UK. Yeah, because there's more auditions there. So like the final decision about who's going in, you don't know literally until like a couple of days before you go into the apartment. Oh girl, that's intense. Oh, that's intense, mama. Like. The girls on Drag Race thought they had it hard. Like, I know uh, that, not, they, not they ship you, not you locked up abroad and don't even know if you going on the damn kit. Girl, listen. Yeah. Mm. It is. That, talk about scary. trusting the process. Mm, that part. That talk part. about trusting the process. Ooh, shout out to y'all, because, Lord, that's. That's a that's 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 definitely faith without works, child. That is definitely testing your faith, child. That's how I operate. So for me, it wasn't nothing but like another testimony. I'm here for that. So like, when it comes to go, actually walking into the show, getting onto the show, knowing you're in, knowing you're doing your thing, what did you want us as an audience to receive from Chaz on the circle? I think more than anything, I just wanted to make sure that the circle captured the essence of me. Mm. Obviously, there there's so much more to me, but the essence of me is is what makes all of those other versions of Chaz um, important. Um, and and I had a thing. I have a thing about reality TV is. I would never do reality TV just because I want to be famous. And I always tell people before you apply to any reality shows, like ask yourself why you are really doing this. Because people who are clout chasing TV opportunities go on television and they will pretty much say anything and be willing to do anything. And then two years later, as they have grown, mm-hmm. the show comes out and they don't even recognize that person on TV no more. Cause they're like, oh my God, like, I've grown into this new person that I don't even know who I'm watching on TV. And now you hate your edit. You have no control about your final edit on reality TV. And whatever you give production, they're gonna use it. So, (laughs) yeah. Now, 
let's get into um because there's a question that i want to ask and sometimes the way people perceive this question is very 50 50. did you feel the need to be a source of representation either for the black community or the queer community when you went on the show or did you just go on as shampoo the fuck poppy no i just straight up was shampoo poppy the whole way thank I, you that's too much that that is that okay it's already a responsibility of mine as a black gay man in general <laughs> but i'm not gonna move in every space with that responsibility of having to act a certain way or be a certain way because i represent a community that by far doesn't even really know who I am um, and won't see me. And if I and if I know I'm not in a position to knock down a door for another black gay man, I don't feel as though that there's anything I need to do in particular to represent anybody. Mm-hmm. However, however, if I am working on, let's say an influencing deal and they're looking for a black gay influencer and I don't fit the profile. However, I know another black gay influencer who does best believe I'm passing that name on. Of course, but I'm. But on the circle, I did not feel like I had to represent um, black people or gay people because by default, that's what I do anyway, and that's what we all do. <laughs> How you show up in the world? Exactly. That's that, see that see that's the thing that I've been trying to get people to understand when I say that I've taken off my activism cape. It's like, first of all, Edna Mode already told y'all bitches no capes. One, and then two. I just don't have that type of energy or bandwidth anymore. Cause I was literally raised in activism. Like we won't get into that, but I was technically raised by former members of the Black Panther Party. Anyway, um, so yeah. So like roots run deep. So like I was literally raised in this shit. I'm tired of fighting for a community that don't fight for themselves. And I got better shit to do and more content to create. And I would rather just put that love into myself right now. Cause I need it. Yeah, I need it for no shade. <laughs> so like people ask, you know, why don't you focus your content on activism anymore? Why don't you focus it on, you know, social awareness and, you know, things I'm like, I still do my ones and twos. I still, you know, drop my gems here and there. Just scroll through my Instagram. You'll see me, you know, doing my little posts every now and again, but I'm not going to base everything that I do or, you know, every room that I walk into, that's not gonna be how I walk into every room. That's not gonna be how I, you know, do every piece of content that I create because it's just not necessary. Because by default, I show up in the world as a black gay man. I'm doing the work just by just by thriving. I am doing the work. Exactly, exactly. Let me hear and, and I love that question. And I think it's such a good question to, to really rough because now you have me reflected you know when i look back me being on a reality television show as a black gay man is already a win um mm-hmm. showing up and telling uh, a story about my brother who's a black man who's in the ground who had a dream of becoming a nurse i shared that story and then went out and became a nurse that's a win for the black community um because you don't see a lot of black male nurses in the world or you don't see them being represented on television um you also had another black man who is an entrepreneur that has his own business another win um who all who on top of it all was influencer the most times out of every season there's really not much more i need to represent in terms of being intentional because that's how you show up as a black person literally that's it's the definition of letting the work speak for you 
There you go. Work speak for you. Like I like like that's how I feel. Like I show up in the world. Like I do a talk show podcast. Like I'm doing other things that I can't really talk about right now. But um, but like let the work speak for me and if I feel the need to drop a gym I drop gems when necessary like I don't let shit go by exactly. trust me ask Kanye West anyway um, talk me through a t- <laughs> I always try to let those things just slide by in the conversation but y'all be laughing and I'm like damn I gotta acknowledge that it <laughs> whoops sorry to that man um Talk me through a typical day of filming for you. Cause it literally seemed like, one, it felt like there were no windows in those apartments. There were, but it just felt like there were no windows because it just seemed like it was any time of day, night. It was any time of moment, breakfast, dinner, midnight snack, late night creep, red light special. Y'all was filming and there was challenges happening. Was there an actual time schedule is what I'm saying. Or was this just like Big Brother 24-hour live feeds and we're going to get it popping so y'all get the fuck up out of here? It was more about 24-hour live feeds more than anything. Um, there was never a schedule because it's only you and your producer, basically. You know, you don't really know what the other castmates are doing. So, like, I could be doing something at 9 a.m. while everyone else is sleeping. And then, let's say Sam could be doing something at 3 p.m. with Raven and Tamara while everyone else is in the middle of playing that game. Mm-hmm. So like, it, we're all on one big schedule that's all divided up into different pieces. Um, so one day you could be filming, and you're filming all day, no matter what, but like some days uh, you'll have like maybe an hour or two of like downtime. And then the rest of the day, you better be on and popping because we filmed it and you better be ready. <laughs> um, but it's definitely a nonstop show. It's nonstop until you're asleep. Talk to me about the advantages and disadvantages of filming an entire reality show virtually where you don't interact with the rest of your cast. Um, I think the advantage of that is uh, you are in control of your emotions. You know, you're, you, you are more in control. Like if somebody were to say something to you and it was face to face, I don't, the cameras might provoke you to react to mm-hmm. like not attack the person, but maybe like, verbally get a little snappy and get, you know, catch an attitude and bitch this, bitch that. Versus like when you're by yourself, it's like, okay, hold up. I'm talking to a TV screen. Let me, let me calm down. Like, <laughs> ain't nobody in this room. Yeah. <laughs> Cause when I say, listen, I, usually when I bring reality stars on here, I really don't get into the specifics of the show because I'm not the messy girl. But to your point, know how that situation about the mole on y'all season would have went down if y'all was in the same room together. Oh yeah. Like <laughs> that whole situation about hacking people's accounts and all of that yeah. shit went down. Like girl, I was like, hold on, have a hold, hold wait. <laughs> wait. <laughs> My hacking accounts and shit. Like wait a minute. Yeah. Here's the thing. I walked into this show blind. I walked into your season blind because the only reason I watched or knew what the circle was was because of Oliver, because he's been on the podcast before. Oh, okay. He didn't tell me anything. He ain't breaking NDA. But I watched it because when it was announced, I was like, oh, my homeboy is on there. Let me go watch it. Now, mind you, I didn't know he was going to show up until episode eight. But 
I'm glad he didn't because it gave me a chance to get to know you and Sam and everybody else, right? Uh -huh. so, I, so, so for me, it was great. Cause I was like, oh, I have to talk to everybody on this show now. Yes. Yes, I gotta talk to everybody. Cause I, we'll get to that later. Cause I, because I, I don't play favorites. Well, I do play favorites, but I'm not gonna get messy. Anyway. um. That mole situation, this hacking account dilemma, I don't know how that would have went down in real life. So I'm like, I'm glad y'all was just, you know, round the gang, 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 round the pocket somewhere. That shit got real lit. Like, what that, like, what, like, what you mean you hacking people's like, girl? What? And this is for y'all? Yeah, yeah, it was like that. It was, it was like that. That's like somebody that wants your phone. <laughs> that was a man, but it was amazing television. It, it was, was amazing TV. It was good TV. It was good TV. That, that like, I swear, the circle has really, really like changed. Like, it's really injected something new into reality television. I don't understand how I've never heard of this show until season five. Thanks, Oliver for letting me know. But like, yeah, like that. Y'all got it popping over there. Love, love, love that for y'all. And I personally feel like season five was the comeback season. Like our season was, if not one of the best, definitely one of the most iconic seasons that has been put out since season one. Well, I would, yeah, I would have to say that because I've only seen season one and season five because Immediately after I finished watching season five, I went back and started watching season one. And then I immediately went to invite Chris Sapphire on the show. So when he agreed to come on the show, then I went back and watched the entire season. And so I haven't gone back and watched two, three, and four yet. But now after I get off, off the phone with you, now I'm gonna go back and start watching season two. Cause I haven't, don't don't like really have anything to reference besides season one, but I'm like, I, I can't really compare season five to, to season one because season one, didn't nobody know what the fuck they were doing. Right, yeah. Exactly. Right, so in season five, y'all a well-oiled machine over there. Like it is well, it, like y'all gotta go on. So what did you take away from the reception of the audience now that the show is aired, now that it's in hindsight, now that they probably getting ready to come out with six, six and seven at the same time. What do you take away from what the cast got from you? Um, I definitely, it kind of felt like I had a million friends all in one group chat. <laughs> um, a lot of a lot of the things that people said uh, on Twitter and on Instagram and what they messaged me is very similar to what my friends that have known me for years and years and years would say. Like in a birthday message, like, "Oh, you know, you're, you know, you're my light." You know, all these things. And so it kind of felt like I had an extended group of friends now, and that's what I was really happy about was that people caught the essence of Chaz. Um, and shout out to everybody on my online community because I love them all. I try to engage with them as much as I can. Um, sometimes I'll go on TikTok Live and I'll bring it on like 14 people in one live um, and just connect with all of these different people all across the world. Um, so yeah, love, love my online community for sure. Now, when it comes to your cast, what percentage of your castmates, well, 
on the show, would you consider to be your real friends in real life now that the show is filming versus people who you just happen to make a great, great reality TV show with? Um, definitely Sam, definitely Raven, um, definitely Xanthi. Uh, I speak to them every single day. Um, I'm definitely working on like friendships within the group with everyone else, of course. I try to speak to everyone. Me and Oliver are really good friends. Um, but everybody else, like since months after filming, where everybody's kind of doing their own thing. Um, and as they should, you know, keep busy. For sure, absolutely. What do you think was the hardest thing for you to film? Um, like what episode or like what moment? Yeah, like just over the course of being in the in the experience, what do you think was just the most difficult, the hardest, the most challenging thing for you to get through being in the situation? Um, I think the finale was the hardest moment for me because mm-hmm. I have been like putting so much faith into God and so much faith into like, you know, everything above me um that when my picture didn't show up that it pretty much had the not the potential to make me question my faith because that would never happen but i just i had to tell myself in that moment it was like god said sam not only deserved but needed this immediate blessing whereas though yours has already come and I don't, because me, I don't expect another blessing because I didn't get that one. I just always tell myself my blessings have already come. So I knew Sam needed that, that one. Um, but but in that moment and being human and not winning, I was like, it, it it hit my heart at that moment. I was like, oh no, I didn't win. Like what I'm gonna tell my mom, what I was, you know, I was gonna I was tell my mom. Don't ever tell my mama. <laughs> yeah, like what I'm gonna tell my mom, what I'm gonna tell my fiance, like, but I'm so happy for Sam. And in, even in that moment, I was so happy. And I told Sam in that moment, don't ever let nobody make you feel like you don't deserve this. I don't care how many people was rooting for me on the show. You deserve it. That was your moment. Yeah, Sam smoked it. Sam straight up smoked it, bro. Like, that's why I was like, listen, I, <laughs> I said a tweet to Oliver. I was like, listen, you could have told me that you didn't come on until the eighth damn episode because I was watching the show for you technically, but I'm glad you didn't because Sam and Chaz is the shit. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my bitch, I am team Sam the entire way. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm like, Sam is my dog. Like, I love her so much. Oh my God. And if you talk to her in the near future, tell her to answer my damn email too. Anyway. I'm gonna uh-huh. tell her. I'm gonna tell her to get off of here. <laughs> Live for her, like I live for that yeah. woman. I Sam live is, for that woman. She is everything. Sam is a different kind of that. That's one person that like it is so solid within herself that yes. nope, you can't touch Sam. She's a different kind of female. She's a different kind of woman. Like it. It's been a long time since we've seen a person like Sam on reality TV. Um, and so many, I've seen people on the internet try to compare Sam to all of these different personalities. And I'm like, no, nah, like Sam is a, a one within herself that you can't really compare her 
I can tell you who I would like to see Sam with on reality TV. Snooki from Jersey Shore. Period. Oh, that would be lit. <laughs> that would be lit. That oh my word. Yes, she is like she's a different type of real. Like it was just like like I don't like I don't relate to a lot of people on reality TV. So like, but when I saw her, I was like, oh, that's my home girl. I love her. Oh, she's everything. She is <laughs> she is everything. She is a different type of real. And I love that she brought all them sneakers in that house and only wore slippers the entire time. Slippers. Only what them big ass slippers and, and, and still wears them to this day. <laughs> Damn. You have an entire sneaker collection and you only wore these big ass slippers. Hey. <laughs> like, okay, T. <laughs> you need to send me a pair. I need me a pair. They look comfortable. <laughs> Thank you. I absolutely love that. What was the most fulfilling thing for you to film besides being the top influencer near every damn week? Cause you smoked that. Definitely. <laughs> um, the most of the, oh, when I won the um the fashion challenge with Tan France. Nice. Okay. That that was that was my moment. That was my moment right there. <laughs> yeah, that was my moment. And I, when I look back on um the circle, you could say influencer four times, super 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 secret influencer, all of that. Second place. My moment was when I won Tan France Challenge. That was mine right there. I absolutely love that. That is so funny. Is there anything over the course of the season that you wish you would have done differently? Not one thing. Good. Good. Thing. No, I wouldn't change. No, I wouldn't change my shoes. I wouldn't change nothing. <laughs> I would not change nothing. I absolutely love that. That is incredible. Now, jumping out of reality te television, I noticed in your Instagram bio that there was something about fashion in there. How does fashion play into your aesthetic? Besides the fact that you have incredible style, I've scrolled your pics and you be putting fits together. Like, I be like, oh, that's real cute. You real cute, cute. I like that. Yes. Um, going back to San France, he kind of sparked that up for me. I've always loved color palettes. I've always loved clothes. But since I won that challenge, like fashion has been on my mind. And, um, I told myself, I was like, let me start out with merch because um, that's uh, a stepping stone to the next part. Um, would I ever design clothes? I would try. I definitely want to complete that look that I made um, on the circle. Um, yeah, and taking it from there, um, I, I got connected with a stylist in Germany and I'm going to be working with him over the next couple of months to make some looks for myself. Um, which will be coming soon. I'm super excited about that. Um, yeah, we're gonna see where fashion takes me for sure. We're gonna see. I love that. Okay. Now, what keeps you up at night? Mm. What keeps me up at night? Oof. Nothing. I got my anxiety on control. <laughs> Nothing keeps me out of my sleep. <laughs> man, that's a big flex, my man. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Sleep? <laughs> I'm in bed by eight. What do you that mean? Was, listen, put a hand lotion on. I'm out. Like, I'll be out for the count. 
Yeah. <laughs> Me and my sleep, yeah, we best friends. <laughs> Count back from 10, I'm done. Like, <laughs> Counting sheep, I'm done. Like, <laughs> you mean, how do I fall asleep? Exactly. Question <laughs> <laughs> <Christian> wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I love So, at this point in your life, now that you're a grown ass man doing all the things that you want to do, have grown into yourself, what's your biggest strength and your biggest weakness? Uh, my biggest strength is, um, gosh, my biggest, that is such a good question. Because mm. I want to make sure I choose the right one. I would Word. say, my biggest strength is my resilience because it is needed um, in the career space that I'm in. Mm-hmm. Career spaces, plural. Um, <laughs> um, resilience, my, my biggest strength. My biggest weakness is, uh, my biggest weakness, hmm. is believing too much in everything else outside of myself. Mm. And I know that's like a little, and that's a little bit complicated, but if I can give you an example, uh, let's say I get a, a manager and they're gonna work on a movie and on a movie deal for me. I'm mm-hmm. believing so much in the manager to get these contracts signed and get me into this movie rather than me actually believing in that I can fulfill the role. Wow, okay. That makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. That would be my biggest weakness. Okay. So now that you've experienced a healthy amount of both, what do you think you fear more, success or failure? I think I fear more of, oh, because really, like, I feel like success and failure is just one. It's, it, it's just one thing, you know? It's just the other side of the coin. Um, wrong. It's literally two halves of the same coin. Literally. Um, mm-hmm. Damn. What do I fear more? I would think I would say fearing success because I want to make, because when is it ever enough? Right get enough of failure but do we ever get enough of success and i feel like at some point enough has to be enough or you will never really be happy to even enjoy your success the way you worded that really just cut through a lot for me because you said do we ever have enough you know we get tired of failing oh we have enough of failing. We totally get our feel of that. But do we ever get enough success? That is some poignant, real, rewind that back, turn your volume up and put your headphones in, listen to that, because that was some gospel ass shit. (laughs) That was some tea. I really need the children to make sure they heard that. Say that again for the kids. Say that again for the people in the back. So, <laughs> so listen, y'all, on some real shit. 
we get enough of failure. We get enough of failure. We always wanting to no longer be filling the fields, be filling the fields of failure because I done failed enough. I done failed at my job. I done failed in school. I done failed this exam. I done failed at getting on this reality show. I done failed because I didn't win the circle, right? But you'll never, you'll never get enough of success to the point where you don't even know where to draw the line. So it's like, then your success is not meeting your happiness because this little bit of success, okay, now I need more money because I want to buy more shit. When is success going to be enough? So yeah, my fear is definitely success because I want to make sure that I get to a point where I say, okay, enough is enough. Enough is enough. I know I said it better the first time, but y'all get what I'm trying to say. No, that was perfect. I needed it just like that. Just like that. Because yeah, 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 that was it. Now, being that you're going into another level of success and that you stepped into another chapter in your in your career journey, would you rather be famous or known? No, uh, would I rather be famous? No, because, okay, so can you re-ask the question? Um, because <clears throat> Nene Leakes done, done, you know, shook the girls up on the internet recently when she was saying, you know, there's a big difference between being famous and being known, which I heavily agree with. And it led me to want to ask people who are reaching new levels of success in their careers, especially people who are in the entertainment industry, it made me want to know, like, would you rather be famous or would you rather be known? Because you're in the entertainment industry and you just brought up that point of when, when is enough success enough success? So I think that being known is having a level of comfortability in the entertainment industry to not need to be the number one person on all the blogs and need to be the richest person in the room and doing all of that, but you're comfortable where you are doing the things that you are and you're chasing all of the things that you wanna chase and then being famous is wanting to be, you know, the biggest person on the internet. You know what I mean? So, so for me, I would rather be known because I feel like, uh, uh, most people want to be famous and don't even know what they want to be famous for. So I would rather I would rather be known for something that's going to last a lifetime versus being famous for right now and forgotten tomorrow. Um, when you think about Pit My Ride, that's all you got to say. 20 years later, almost 30 years later, that's all you got to say is Pit My Ride. And Pit My Ride at this point is no longer famous, but they're known. Yeah they're known. So for me, yeah, I would definitely rather be known than to be famous because famous doesn't come with perks. Being 10 famous. million. And I feel like it's called 15 minutes of fame for a reason. Like, I feel like if you're known, you're known forever. People know you forever. Whether your 15 minutes is faded or not, people still gonna know you. Just saying. What has reality television taught you about people? Uh, it's smoke and mirrors. Mm. It's all smoke and mirrors. Um, a lot of the, it's, uh, I definitely love that I'm still me to my core because I don't feel like, I don't feel like because I'm on a reality show, I need to all of a sudden be driving a Tesla or a G-Wagon or, you know, that I need to be at every industry party. I just, I love my day-to-day -day life. I love that I still, you know, go hiking on Sundays and, and enjoy going to get ramen at a hole in the wall restaurant and not have to worry about feeling like I'm supposed to be at Catch LA every Saturday. Um, and the people in reality TV, uh, 
I'm glad I'm I'm around people who know that the cameras are not on. Because mm. when the cameras are on, people seem to be something other than themselves. Um, so I'm grateful for the reality TV friends that I've made who um, are authentically them and not just, hey, we're on the same show, so we need to be friends and, and you know, and act like this and do this type of content and do these types of things together versus, hey, can I call you if I'm having a, a panic attack? Mm-hmm. Exactly. I'm having a bad day. Damn. That part. I've had days I'm not making content out of. I need friends to, to fill those spaces for me. So, and that's what matters most. I'm sorry. I feel like I am so deep. I feel like I'm. So, but that's what this was for. Like, I really like this. Like, like, like. If you've noticed, I've only asked you like three or four questions about the circle because I don't really care about that. Like, I really care about getting to know the people who everybody sees on TV. So like, it's like, yeah, you're here because you were on the circle. That's great for you. But we all watch the circle. So we saw that, we get that part. Like we know what Paris means. So let's get into everything else. And for me, this whole show is about threading the platform that you're on now, which is reality TV through your entire life. So I try to go back to your childhood, connect reality TV to your childhood, and then link that thread throughout everything that you've done throughout your entire life, even down to how you want to be remembered when you leave here. And it's more so about all the lessons that you've learned, all of the stories that you've been able to tell, all of the journeys that you've been able to, you know, go on. And what you've gotten out of it. It's not about, you know, being the most famous person, being the most liked, having drama. I don't care who you fought with. That that does not matter. Because once the new season comes on, nobody's gonna care about that fight. But if you're a great ass person who people actually connect to, you're gonna last regardless of what season you were on. So that's the shit that matters to me is like who you are versus what you did. So you're on the perfect show to get into the real shit. You on the perfect show for that. Because that's absolutely for sure. And uh, but yeah, that's completely real. Like, and in that th and and in that line of thinking, like, what have you learned about yourself from experiencing reality TV versus just watching and consuming reality television? Um. I've learned that all you have to do is just be yourself, honestly. Like what from watching television and then being on the other side of the fence was confirmation that like know who you are before you do TV. Mm -hmm. Because I remember like watching certain reality television shows and watching this person and being like, yo, what the fuck? Like, and then I would meet this the same person and experience mm -hmm. somebody totally different. Whereas though people will watch me and they'll be like, oh my God, like that's actually you. And it's like, yeah, you have to for a reason, but I guess it's not that simple these days anyway. So just be yourself, just being you was all that I learned that I needed to be. Absolutely. Have you found yourself yet? Um, I found I found certain parts of me that's taken me to finding myself for sure. Nice. I, I don't think we've ever, I, th I don't think anybody will ever, I think we know who we are fundamentally, but like we are always constantly finding new versions of ourselves because we're growing. 
Absolutely. Um, yeah. What does the person that you've become today tell your younger self in retrospect? That the divine, that I think in retrospect that the divine is real. And I think even as a kid, when I used to like be on my futon and writing, writing books and writing mini scripts, I used to want to be a director when I was six years old. And I used to always tell my mom, it's me and even have cable. But that was my first affirmation as a child. So now I'm being on a Netflix television show and producing my own independent projects. Looking back, if I could tell that six year old boy, just keep writing and just hold on. I absolutely love that. Right, love <laughs> I love that. How do you want to be remembered as a person? Um, I want to be remembered as the person that most people can call on for anything. It didn't matter if it was two o'clock in the morning. It didn't matter if I was busy or if I was at work or in a meeting or if it was totally inconvenient for Chaz, he always found a way to just be there for somebody else because that was his heart. Like that's my heart. Um, I want to be remembered as um, a damn good father. I want to be remembered as uh, a husband that that loved so deep that like <laughs> I don't set the bar. But I but if, if I go before my fiance, my husband, like you know, live and love on. But <laughs> you ain't going to live and love on nobody else the way that I lived and loved on. <laughs> that's how. I, and I always tell him that. I always tell him that. Um, and I want to be remembered as um, somebody's best friend, specifically Raven and Imani, that I would be there for these people no matter what. I would fight for these people no matter what. And I want to be remembered as somebody that worked hard, that worked hard and went out and got everything I ever fixed my lips and said that I would do. I went out there and I did it. I absolutely love that. But I'm not gonna skip past how you hit your fiance with the Mary J. Blige. I can love you. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, Nisha, Honda went to Nisha and Rhonda. Wait, what? All of that. All of that. All of that. All of that. <laughs> all of that. All of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you find out you're wearing thigh high boots right now. Go off me. Go off me. I love with the, that with, the, with, with the fishnets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm always ready to get crunk off on the floor in the dancery, okay? Oh, li see, I need to see this now. See, it need to be me and you with a drink in the middle of the dance floor. That part. <laughs> You'll find me out there by myself. Just come join me. I'm the because I'm that weirdo that like goes everywhere by themselves. Like oh, I'm the that. one, like 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 I'll be the one in the middle of, of the club with a drink in my hand, dancing like Nomi Malone in the pink fringe dress from from damn Showgirls by myself and be living. <laughs> one out at, at the restaurant with my phone and my martini, chilling, oh. reading at the restaurant by myself. I love going places by myself. I don't know why, but it's, well, well, I do know why. It's because I grew up a latchkey kid and I'm the youngest of nine, but I grew up by myself. So I've been my best, so so I've been my own best friend for a really long time. I love that. 
do you go on solo uh, vacations? I have. I haven't in a long time, but I'm but I but I'm working hard right now to be able to. Um, right now, I've kind of filled my calendar to the point where I don't even I I don't even I barely sleep at this point. But um, but I'm doing that so that I can be able to take that extension of being my own best friend to another level and like do my you know Taraji P Henson trip to Bali for a month. You know, like I would like now mind you, I don't know if I would do all that because you know they crazy in America. I don't know what they giving over there. You know what I mean? I just may go to Miami by myself. But you know what I mean. Yeah. But yeah, I would totally do that for sure. Absolutely, yeah. I, I and I encourage it. I encourage it. I encourage all of my friends, um, especially like this is me doing the, the representation thing. My black brothers and sisters to do a solo trip. It is such an experience. I've done three so far. Mm-hmm. Um, working on my fourth. It is um, being your own best friend, but not only that, disassociating from the world and just connecting with other parts of yourself that need that healing, um, that will come up. Correct. And will come up because you're gonna be a lot more aware because you're by yourself, so you're not gonna be drunk. Um, It's just you, your thoughts, and God. And um, yeah, I strongly encourage it. For sure. The one place that I do want to go is Panama because that's where my mother is from. That's where like half of my heritage is from. Uh, but she didn't really raise me with any Panamanian heritage. She just right. kind of raised me as a black kid in America. Right. So I grew up being proud to be half Panamanian because, you know, I, I'm 31, right? So, you know, I, I, I grew up during a time where like being mixed was the thing. You know what I mean? I was like, yeah, you know, I'm half this, I'm half that. You know, I had. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm Cherokee Indian. Right. Everybody was Indian. Everybody. everybody was Indian back in the day. Like everybody was. Don't know. Don't know one tribe from Sherman Williams paint, child. But it's okay. <laughs> Honey, don't know a tribe from a tribal tattoo, but it's okay. God bless. God bless child. y'all. God bless y'all, cause everybody from Lilo and Stitches tribe, but it's all good. Um, <laughs> shit. But like, I was the one. I was like, I wish I could be the one out here really flexing on the girls with with the Panamanian accent and you know popping my shit in Spanish and doing the Spanglish shit and you know like I was like, but ma, what's up? Like, what's up? Cause she moved here when like she was a really young kid. So I guess she kind of like just grew up like that. But like, I was like, when you get on the phone with your mama, you a whole different woman. Yeah. Like it's full blown accent. Like I, like, I feel like she just pulled her whole American throat out and put her Panamanian throat in. Yeah. <laughs> like a whole switch. Uh-huh. I ain't never cold switch it, but it's natural. Like, it'd be like, girl, what happened? Who is you? Right. <laughs> And why ain't I get that? I want that. <laughs> give me a piece of that. Yeah, I was like, give me some. I'll have what she's having. <laughs> On For the sure. Yeah. And make it a double. Yes. <laughs> Entendre, fix me a drink. And make <laughs> yes. But is there anything that you would like to share with my audience and I that I that I didn't cover during the course of our conversation today? Um, I would like to share that what's wrong with starting from somewhere, y'all? Like, so many people out here 
especially in the online community, are all competing for the top spot as if that's the only spot. And I don't know when people have gotten conditioned to the point where nobody's afraid to, everybody's afraid to start from the bottom because starting from the bottom is not aesthetically pleasing. And if you at the bottom, ain't nobody looking at you, ain't nobody listening to you. But how can you skip step one and get to step 10 without learning everything, everything it takes to add one plus nine to get to 10? Man. You know, I start, just start from somewhere, y'all. Just start that business. Start posting on TikTok. Start posting your content. Just start. That's the the message for me to everybody today is just start. It don't matter what your circumstances look like. It don't matter where you at in your life right now. You don't need a business plan to put your products out there. Just start. Just start. I'm with you on that. Because let me tell you, that I just, oof. Walking testimony on that one. Like, this podcast is proof of that, honey. This thing I'm getting ready to do next, child. That's a, oof. Mm. Ooh. Leap of faith, honey. Leap of faith, child. That's the, that's just, that's all I've been saying for the past week. Now that this project that I'm about to do is like confirmed and happening and about to go into to production, I'm like, leap of faith, Jesus. Leap of faith, leap of faith, leap of faith, honey. Faith without works is dead. Child, I be trying to remind myself, and child, I'm not even religious, child. I'm spiritual like that. But like, good advice is good advice. Long story short. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, my last question for you before I release you back into the wild is <laughs> where can people find you and all of the things that you'd like to promote? Um, my Instagram is that shampoo poppy. Um, where I do majority of my car washing videos. Uh, this is where I try to I'm trying to create my fashion portfolio over there. And my TikTok, all of my comedy skits and motivational videos is I'm Shampoo Poppy. I am Shampoo Poppy. Um, and my Twitter is that Shampoo Poppy as well, where I also just be tweeting a bunch of motivational headache stuff. I know people feel there like, if this boy don't shut up. <laughs> I absolutely love that. I need it, child. But on that note, children, that has been our show. I appreciate every single one of you guys for tuning in to help me to facilitate this conversation. And I want to extend a special, special, special thank you to my guest Chaz, AKA the Shampoo Poppy, for blessing the podcast today. Thank you so much for being here. Honestly, thank you for having me. This is one of the best interviews I have had. You do Thank you. phenomenal job good job for you this is i am so excited to see what your journey turns into um don't ever wait don't ever say you've made it because when you look at perspective you already have like look at what you're doing right now um you, everything else is just uh aesthetics and, and and bonuses but you have already arrived just by being you so um i can't wait to see what's next for you honestly um, I'm supporting you and I'm rooting for you. And please, however I can support you, please always let me know. I appreciate that so much. Well, I actually do have an idea that you can, but, but, we'll, but we'll talk about that later. But um, thank you so much. That means the world to me. I really appreciate that because these are <laughs> these are words I need right now. Because <laughs> I went when I say a bitch is jumping off a cliff, bitch. <laughs> Woo! Oh, good God. Okay. But with that being said, we're going to take the gospel and run, honey. 
I want to remind everybody out there listening to be real, stay in reality, and always, always bring the realness. I am Brian K. James. This has been Real Reality Realness. And until next time, I love every single one of you guys from the bottom of my green heart emoji. Keep the mask in the message. Be useful, but not used. And misbehave yourselves. Peace. Bye, guys. Bye, everybody. What's going on, everybody? Brian K. James here, and I'm so excited to let you know that this podcast is being brought to you in part by Outlander Media Network. Outlander's mission is to bring you the most exclusive alternative content from across the web, from the farthest reaches invading your space. We appreciate every single one of you guys for tuning in and never want you to forget to embrace your inner Outlander. I am Brian K. James, and this is Real Reality Realness.